Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Ladies and gentlemen, I, you know, I, I get it. It's my show. I have an interest in telling you to keep watching. It's going to be a big show. Whatever. Trust me. Today is going to be trust. Place your trust in me on this one, please. It's going to be an enormous show. I'm going to lay out why the Democrats are so terrified of the economy opening again and what they're really doing. Important. But I also have some just killer connections on this Spygate thing. It's all coming out now during this viral pandemic. Weird. That are going to bake your bagels. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Don't let others track what you do online. Don't let it happen. Keep yourself safe at expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Fine, sir. Ah, Monday, Monday. Glad to be back, but uh, waiting for the big show to happen here, you know? Ready I know. I, yeah. I tell Joe that, and I don't let him know no. what's going on. I don't know what so, the hell Because I want to make sure he gets it, Nothing. too. So let's get right to it. Today's show brought to you by buddies at Policy Genius. There are things we look back on and think, how did I get it so wrong? It might be wearing multiple polo shirts and popping all the collars, donating to Coney 2012, or dating that one person that one time. You know the one. We're always going to get things wrong. That's just life. But there are always things we can get right on the first try, like shopping for life insurance. That's where Policy Genius comes in. Policy Genius makes finding the right life insurance a breeze. In just minutes, you can compare quotes from the top insurers to find your best price. You could save $1,500 or more a year by using Policy Genius to compare life insurance policies. Why waste money? Why do the work yourself? You don't have to. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and red tape for free. And Policy Genius doesn't make life insurance easy. We can help you find the right home and auto insurance or disability insurance too. So even if you look back on the triple denim dirt days and distress, you'll never be distressed about life insurance with Policy Genius. In just a few minutes, you can find your best price and apply at policygenius.com. Super easy to use, folks. That's policygenius.com. We get all we get things wrong from time to time. At least we can get life insurance right with policygenius.com. That's policygenius.com. Go check them out today. All right, Joe, let's go. And there it is. All right, before I get to the dirty dozen there's maybe a dozen or so talking points on the Spygate thing which is just amazing I want to get to this first you know the Democrats the radical far left Democrats you may be asking yourself by the way do you like the haircut it's a Paula Bongino special I like it she likes it had a good weekend didn't use a Floby did you so it's all (laughs) what's that no no (laughs) Floby yeah this was just a standard all right so she did a good job Uh, Joe you may want to go with this look it's super easy to maintain (laughs) But getting back to the important stuff today, why are the Democrats terrified of the economy opening? Why do they want a national shutdown? Let's put the bottom line up front, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, they have three goals right now that are becoming readily apparent. I'm going to produce the evidence here to show you I'm right. The three goals for continuing to bankrupt you, your family, your children, your grandchildren, and cause the great suppression, as it's become known on Twitter. Goal number one. They have clear ideological goals. They are leveraging the Rahm Emanuel theory of never, and that's a capital N, never let a crisis go to waste. Their ideological goals are clear. Don't worry, I'll produce the proof for you shortly. Second, they want to destroy the president, obviously. I have some evidence there, too, that this is starting to take its toll. And I think the president is well aware of that fact. Remember, none of this has to do with saving lives. I haven't mentioned that yet, Joe, because we're not even there yet. No, we're not. Because none of the Democrats' goals, the radical one, I'm not talking about voting Democrats, Mm -hmm. or have anything to do with any of the science or any of that stuff. Goal number three, they want to destroy conservative media and pin this crisis on them. Got the evidence of that, too. Hmm. All right, let's get right to it. First, let's get to some video. Here is Nancy Pelosi, the dreadful, uh, atrocious, Uh, really one of the worst politicians in the history of the United States based on the damage she's incurring on this country or or, or in putting into this country by her activities every day. Here's Pelosi on Fox News Sunday, living in a total bubble, pretending to not understand why these economic shutdowns are so destructive. Um, and, And she goes right back to identity politics when questioned on this matter. In other words, Chris Wallace from Fox News says to her, If your narrative going forward is going to be that President Trump basically and the Republicans didn't effectively warn people about this virus, then why were you in San Francisco's Chinatown telling people, come on 
no big deal. Watch how she goes because she knows she's nailed to the wall on this. She goes right back to identity politics. Check this out. As you are right now, have been very critical of President Trump, especially for what you say is the time that he lost initially in January and February in responding to the virus. But I want to point out that on February 24th, you went on a walking tour of Chinatown to try to promote tourism there. And here's some of what you had to say. That's what we're trying to do today is to say everything is fine here. Come because the precautions have been taken. We think it's very safe to be in Chinatown and hope that others will come. If the president underplayed the threat in the early days, Speaker Pelosi, didn't you as well? No, what we're trying to do is to end the discrimination, the stigma that was going out against the Asian uh, American community. And in fact, if you will look, the record will show uh, that our Chinatown has been a model uh, of containing and and preventing uh, the virus. So I have confidence in our folks there and thought it was necessary to offset some of the things that the president and others were saying about Asian Americans and making them a target, uh, a a target of violence. Violence across the country, and set, in but, fact, but, some hate but crimes. Forgive me, don't committed. you think? Mm. Now, I'm here to decipher this for you. What's actually going on? Again, the question you should have in your mind now, we've been referring to for two weeks now, is why did the Democrats, like Nancy Pelosi, who's on tape telling everyone, "Don't panic, folks. We'll get through this. Don't panic. Come on down to Chinatown, shop, do your thing." Why did the very same Democrats who suggested you shouldn't panic and you should handle this all, uh, you know, calmly, come on down and shop, do your thing. Why did they then, as I've said before, flip the panic switch almost on a dime to say now panic, panic, all of panic everywhere, shut it down everywhere, keep it shut down because the panic switch enables them to advance a story, not the story and a story they find useful right now is if we blame these deaths on president trump we can damage him at the polls that was goal number two i just mentioned goal number one we can use aforementioned panic to advance ideological goals of our guess i'll get to that in a second third the panic button is useful because then we can blame conservatives for underselling this panic don't worry, folks. We could say Fox News said, don't worry about this. And we know the media, because they're helpless losers, will ignore the fact that we said the same thing. Hat tip for Chris Wallace for finally nailing Pelosi to the wall on that one. But no one in the other media will actually call out Pelosi for doing the same thing. Please tell me this is making sense. Question, why did they flip the panic switch? Answer, because panic is useful politically now, and it wasn't back then. Now, in order to memory hole and pretend none of the Democrats in their media's prior don't worry, don't panic comments. Remember, before Joe, they decided to flip the panic switch when panic wasn't useful to them yet. Right. And why did it become useful? Because they sensed a growing concern amongst Americans about the lethality and contagiousness of viruses. Well, we can use this panic now. This is real panic. How do we use this politically? Because that's what these slimy sleazebags do. Now, to memory hole everything they said about don't panic, pre-panic switch flipping, they have to find a reason here that they said that. And the reason, according to Pelosi, is is identity politics. Preventing discrimination is important. That has nothing to do with any of this. She's making this whole thing up. Now, identity politics is one thing. Well, I want you to watch this clip. One of the most disturbing, pathetic, from a really pathetic person, Joy Reid, a failed human being at life. Remember her with her homophobic, nonsensical stuff that she she said Mm -hmm. she alleges someone else wrote on a blog and all this other weirdo stuff she wrote on there? We'll leave her explanations for another day. But this is the hapless, collusion-hoaxing, lying Joy Reid on with another Keith Ellison, who's been accused of some very serious stuff, by the way, by some of the people in his own life. Here's Joy Reid from MSNBC on with Keith Ellison, another hapless Democrat. They manage in one clip, Joe, to pull out. I had to write this down. 
because I don't want to forget. Identity politics, the incitement of violence, which Pelosi mentioned too. This is another fake media now. Trump's inciting violence. And then they also managed to throw in a class warfare thing to explain why Trump is responsible for all this. Check this out. When the first black family moves in and black people being left in a situation where they're more vulnerable by default, less health care, jobs that are hourly, jobs where you're closer to people stuck working near to, to each other. When you hear Donald Trump talking in this sort of faux Confederate language about these lockdown orders, which are meant to save lives. And you right. see people with these Insta protests paid for by activists for the super rich egging on this kind of activity that could get violent. What, what, what does that say to you? It says to me that the, that the, the, the president is willing to risk the lives of people who believe in him so that he can uh, have advantages like reelection and things like that. He's literally willing to sacrifice the lives of Americans for a personal gain. And that's deeply disturbing to me. So again, let me walk you through this. Pelosi has to, he, she needs a retcon. She needs to rewrite history as to why she told people not to panic, because now the Democrats find panic useful. They find panic useful because a panic will continue. This is where I'm going with this. will continue these economic shutdowns if they can panic people enough. We have to stay off the streets. No one can open their business ever. They need the panic. So my first clip, that's Nancy Pelosi rewriting why she told people not to panic. I was protecting against discrimination. This is the hapless alleged writer of homophobic posts, Joy Reid, on MSNBC with another disturbing individual, Keith Ellison. Again, they need these shutdowns to continue. So she manages to marshal in three reasons why these economic shutdowns could continue. Mm -hmm. Well, clearly this is racist against black people. She brings out first, which is unbelievably absurd. Then she says, Joe, and these protesters are inciting violence. That's the Democrat mm -hmm. go to, as I said to my wife this weekend, that talking point should be ignored completely because it's a lie. And it's just made up by Democrats because stupid media types like the knucklehead in the media briefing this weekend with Donald Trump on Sunday asked Donald Trump, are you inciting violence? They should never answer that question. It's a lie. It's made up. No one's inciting violence. Unless you are telling people to be violent, you are not inciting violence. That's a stupid Democrat talking point. It's an unserious one. But Joy Reid manages to fit that in too, Joe, as a reason for these shutdowns. These protesters are inciting violence. Mm -hmm. She has no evidence at all because she's a liar. She's a disgrace to any serious media person out there. But then she manages to fit in too, Joe, remarkably another talking point. Identity politics inciting violence did you hear it joe the third one the third one is and this is paid for by rich people class ah, warfare too i did class war in the same talking point in one minute joe we have remarkably three classic democrat lying disgusting go-to's everything's identity politics yep. conservatives and protesters are inciting violence and this is all class warfare because rich people did this i can guarantee you the protesters in maryland in michigan in illinois and in states around the country in virginia and elsewhere are not being paid by millionaire donors you morons but leftist morons don't do facts facts aren't really their thing so you may ask yourself, like, where's Joy Reid getting these talking points? Probably from her uh, Democrat focus group tested ally hacks, because she's not smart enough to think of these talking points herself. The only talking points she thinks of were alleged homophobic posts she wrote, which are pretty gross. But she but she need an FBI investigation on that. Remember? But Joy and the Democrats realize right now that there's an anger brewing and that people are starting to question everything. Yeah. Wait, why is my business yeah. closed and that business isn't? So you can go to a supermarket and touch the produce, but you can't go to another place to buy seeds to plant your own? Huh? So you can get in a canoe, but not a speedboat or a speedboat, not a canoe? You can travel to your cabin in the woods if you live out of state, but not if you live in state, Michigan? People are smart. You are. That's not virtue signaling. The American people are smart and entrepreneurial. There's a reason that we're the most successful country in the history of sentient beings. It's not because we're all idiots. It's because we figure stuff out. 
because we work hard, we figure it out, and we connect the neurons and we make stuff happen. We build stuff, we make stuff, and we think of stuff that has to be built in order to make stuff we thought about. Stuff matters, we make stuff. We feed people, we feed the world. We have been a beacon of prosperity and hope for eons since the inception of this great republic. Why do the Democrats want to continue to shut this down? The answer is because these radical Democrats don't give a damn about you, ladies and gentlemen, your kids or anything else. They have three goals, which I opened up with. Now let's produce some evidence that what I'm telling you is true. Why does Joy Reid, why does Nancy Pelosi want this economy and you buried and done for? Don't forget this because it's a fact and you know it. This is what they're afraid of. Let's look at Real Clear Politics, this article. It's in the show notes by Stephen Moore. It is well done. The show notes are available if you go to Bongino.com slash newsletter. I will email you these articles every day. It is worth your time. Beware of the left's degrowth movement. Folks, big leftist groups, fake environmentalists. They're not real environmentalists. They're, they're really former communists who become environmentalists, who hate capitalism. They think this is great. They think this degrowth movement Degrowth, which is code word, Joe, for bankrupting you, your kids, your business, your grandkids, and everyone around you yeah. while you suffer with no job, no money, and lose your house and potentially lose your car. The left, someone will think this is wonderful. From the real clear piece, read this whole thing in the show notes. It is worth your time. A former high-ranking climate advisor to the Obama administration, Jason Bordoff, writes in Foreign Policy Magazine that COVID-19 may deliver some short-term climate benefits, Joe by curbing energy use or even longer term benefits if economic stimulus is linked to climate goals. Wow. Mm, it's wonderful, Dan. Yeah. But he adds almost regretfully that the quote benefits from the pandemic in terms of less carbon emissions are likely to be fleeting and negligible. Degrowth is defended by its uh, proponents as a political, economic, and social movement based on ecological economics, anti-consumerism, and anti-capitalism. Oh, Dan, those are just a few radicals. Are they? Hmm. Really? They're just a few radicals, a former Obama folks here and there, a couple of fringe groups out there. Then if you ask yourself, if there's just a few of them, why are so many of them on the Democratic side, despite evidence that their shutdowns are not been, have not been particularly effective in doing what they stated, or, or that these shutdowns have been so effective, but they don't have a particular exit plan. Why are the Democrats so eager to keep them going without any exit plan for you? You may say, Dan, they have an exit plan. Their exit plan, they said, was we need more testing and we need more contact tracing. Ladies and gentlemen, as was brought up in a couple of newspaper articles, that's your exit plan? Testing and contact tracing. How are you going to do that in D.C. or New York? How are you going to do that? You're going to every person that gets on the metro in D.C., who later comes down with COVID, you're going to contact trace every single person that got on the metro that morning, basically all of Washington, D.C. that lives in that area? Right. How are you going to do that? The reason, ladies and gentlemen, they're not giving you an exit plan is because they don't want an exit because these degrowthers are more powerful than you think they are. These are not radical far-left groups. They're radical, but they're not fringe. These are, not fr these are groups that have seeped into the mainstream of Democrat thinking. Second, so first, they want to meet their ideological goals. Second, this is destroying the president's approval ratings, ladies and gentlemen. Not that your public safety should ever, ever be subordinated to polls. Don't dare misconstrue what I'm saying and put out disinformation. I'm suggesting to you that they want to continue this shutdown despite a no exit plan. And despite the fact that it's going to bankrupt this country, and ladies and gentlemen, as I tweeted out a Wall Street Journal article yesterday, ironically, Joe, is bankrupting hospitals and ripping apart our healthcare infrastructure. Tell me uh, again how that's a good uh, a beacon for public safety in the future. You're going to have no hospital to go to soon because they're being bankrupted. No, has anyone not thought that through? This is for public safety. There's going to be no public safety infrastructure if you continue this. Look at this article by Paul Bedard in the Washington Examiner. This has a political benefit for the Democrats. Clearly, 
More coronavirus fallout. Trump approval is sharp, is, uh, shows the sharpest drop Gallup has recorded. Look at this screen capture from the piece. Ladies and gentlemen, this is doing real damage. America's ratings of Trump performance improved in mid-March when the novel coronavirus threat demanded federal efforts to contain the spread. Trump addressed the nation. It goes on and basically says that the, 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 now they're reflective of their assessment of his performance and an overall souring mood as the employment rate and death toll continue to climb, said the polling company, trying to discuss why his poll numbers are dropping dramatically. Again, what I'm suggesting to you is they don't care about what you're, what's going on in your house. Your evaporating paycheck, your disappearing uh, refrigerator content, the emptying food closets in your kitchen. I don't call them pantries. I hate it. The misery and stress being called, uh, being caused by you not being able to, none of that to go to work, none of that matters. Their ideological goals are being met and they are effectively destroying President, Trump, uh, President Trump's approval ratings. Finally, point number three. This shutdown serves their interest in blaming conservative media, Fox News, anyone they can blame it on. Despite the fact that there were people at Fox in the beginning that were saying the same thing a lot of people in the media were. Don't panic. Panic's not going to help. Panic kills. They want to blame enough. Look at this disgusting article from a New York Times columnist this weekend. Who I'm going to show you how this is totally phony too. This is all made up, but it serves their interest. Look, you don't believe me? This, this, uh, I'll show you a tweet from the woman who wrote this in a minute to show you what a huge fraud she is. So they write this article, this article about this guy, tragic, this guy, Joe Joyce, who was 74, a non-smoker. Four years after he opened this bar, he stopped drinking completely and he didn't see a problem. They decided to take a cruise, right? And they listen to why they try to blame why he took this cruise. Because he watched Fox and believe it was under control, this lady told uh, the author. Early in March, Sean Hannity went on air proclaiming that he didn't like the way American people were getting scared unnecessarily. He saw it all, he said, as like a bludgeon. Let's bludgeon Trump with a new hoax. You see what's going on there? Mm. Don't be confused. Mm. It is a New York Times columnist suggesting that it was Fox that downplayed the virus while they were out ahead of it, Joe. Right. And because of that, this guy contracted the coronavirus. Oh, my gosh, it's Fox's fault. What does that have to do with the shutdown? They need the panic. The panic, they have to keep writing stories. The panic will continue the shutdown because people will panic. And the panic will also lead people to believe this is the worst health crisis in the history of humankind and that Fox and other people did this by playing it down. You know what's odd? Hmm. The author of this piece, hat tip comfortably smug on Twitter, by the way. The author of this piece, Joe, who's blaming Fox, tweeted this on February 27th. The hapless, disturbing Jania Belafonte, who wrote this piece, tweeted, I fundamentally don't understand the panic. Incidence of the disease is declining in China. Virus is not deadly in vast majority of cases. Production and so on will slow down and will obviously rebound. CC, at Opinion Joe. Hmm. Oh. Yeah. Oh. No, Joe. No, no. She didn't play it down. Those are her words and her tweets. Right. The author of that pathetic, disgusting, filthy New York Times column. It's not her who played it down. It's Fox News that did this. They got people killed. Those are her exact words on Twitter. Who really played this down? Maybe the more likely story, ladies and gentlemen, the truth, is that in January and February, nobody knew how serious this was going to be, it was going to become. As I said on Fox News this morning, the or not, the, contagious, uh, the contagiousness of the virus, the lethality of it, nobody knew because the Chinese were misinforming and disinforming people. Blaming Fox, they need panic to do that because they know the media will cover for them like Miss Jania Belafonte who did the exact same thing, which by the way was the right thing. Don't panic. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, it's not me suggesting Jania Belafonte, whatever her name is there, is wrong. I'm simply suggesting I believe that was the right approach. Then from everyone who said it, don't panic, don't panic, don't panic. But now they flip the panic switch because panic has become useful in destroying Trump, advancing their agenda, and destroying conservative media. 
and the dopey slobs in the media just play along, despite the fact knowing we have the evidence that they did the same thing. All right, let me get to my second sponsor. I got some really just explosive spots. Stuff is gonna blow your mind. All right. So today's show also brought to you by buddies at stamps.com. For all our sakes, we need to avoid crowds any way we can right now. But what if you need to go to the post office? Well, if you need postage to send out letters and packages, if you need that, you're gonna go to the post office. Well, don't worry, stamps.com, stamps.com is here to help. How? Anything you can do with the post office, you can do with stamps.com. We do it right here in the Bongino household, thanks to stamps.com. You can print postage on demand. You can skip those lines and crowds at the post office. Plus, you can actually save some money, in our case, a lot of money, with discounts you can't even get at the post office. This is a win, 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 win. Stamps.com brings all the services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your computer in the safety and comfort of your own home office or anywhere else you're hunkering down right now. You a small business sending invoices and online seller shipping out products? Working from home, you need to mail stuff? Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. When your mail's ready, you just leave it for your mail carrier, schedule a free package pickup, or drop it in the mailbox. No human contact is even required. It's really that simple. And like I said, with stamps.com, you get great discounts too. Five cents off every first class stamp and up to 40% off USPS shipping rates. And now, in addition to offering discounted postal service rates, stamps.com also offers UPS services with discount rates up to 62%. Plus, with Stamps.com, you won't even have to pay UPS residential surcharges. Stamps.com is a no-brainer, saves time, saves money, keeps you safe in these crazy times. Right now, our listeners get a special offer. It includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Dan. That's Stamps.com. Enter Dan, D-A-N, by clicking on the microphone at the top of the homepage. Stamps.com. Stay safe, my friend. Okay, folks, there has just been, and I don't believe this is a coincidence, a deluge. I mean, drinking from a fire hose of information that has come out on the Spygate thing. I say I don't think it's a coincidence because I think they are, some of the people here understand the news cycle, obviously, um, has been heavily populated with uh, Wuhan virus stories. And I think they think a lot of this will go away, but not on this show. It's not going anywhere because we're staying on top of all of it. I have major hat tips here at Climate Audit, Stephen McIntyre, Hans Mackey. I'm forgive me if I'm saying your name wrong. Another great account on Twitter, 279, Undercover Huber, the great at uh, John W. Huber on Twitter, Technofog, everyone. I want to make sure I appropriately hat tip everybody involved in this. I have put together a puzzle here for you based on all of those sources and some more that I think is going to blow your mind. The end of it is going to be, did the FBI claim Trump was colluding with the Russians based on information they got from a guy they thought was colluding with the Russians? <laughs> hold that thought for a moment because okay. I want to get to, yeah, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh righty then. hold that thought because <laughs> this is going to get Really sweet. Let me get to some other things first on that. I want to dispel some myths. Number one, I want to get rid of once and for all this, why golly, we were tricked by Russian disinformation. It's a new narrative out there. The narrative goes like this. Well, now that we know based on the the IG report that the FBI suspected There may have been Russian disinformation in Steele's reporting, which they used to get a FISA to spy on the Trump team. You Mm -hmm. copy? Their new narrative is going to be in the media, and I believe with many at the upper levels of the Bureau trying to cover this up, they're going to say, well, we were tricked by the Russians with Russian disinformation. No, you were not. This was a Hillary disinformation campaign from the start. You guys bought it hook, line, and sinker because a lot of you hated Trump, and it was just a bunch of lies. Stop the nonsense, okay? I'm getting tired of this Russian disinformation line. The information was fake and it was attributed to real Russians. They knew that. But how do we know Hillary's team was involved in this from the start? Well, obviously they paid for the dossier, but hat tip to to Hans Monkey again and uh, Stephen McIntyre for this. There's some really good clips out there, ladies and gentlemen, in the past that pretty much show from the start the Hillary team was involved in a disinformation campaign in turn with their FBI buddies. Let's go to first 
this uh, photo of dossier number 95, uh, memo number 95 in late July. I want to read this to you, and then I want to play something for you from Robbie Mook, Hillary Clinton's campaign manager. Check this out. Read the language here. This is dossier number 95 from Christopher Steele, importantly, in late July. We don't know the exact date, but it's right around late July of 2016. Look at the language in there. The reason for using WikiLeaks was plausible deniability, and the operation had been conducted with the full knowledge and support of Trump and senior members of his campaign team. So just to be clear, Christopher Steele, paid for by Hillary through her intermediaries, puts out dossier memo number 95, Joe, hmm. and in late July, we don't know the exact date, but this is important, and says, yes, WikiLeaks leaked this stuff, and they did it with full knowledge of the Trump team. Well, what else happens in late July? Joe, total coincidence, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Robbie Mook, Hillary Clinton's uh, deputy, the guy running the campaign at this time, appears in late July in this exact same time frame on one of the leftist news networks, and he almost mimics exactly the language in the dossier. No. How would he know that if this was a Russian disinformation campaign and not a political operation by Hillary and Robbie Mook? Listen to Robbie Mook echo this exact same language that just happens to come out at the same time as this media appearance. Here's some evidence for you. What's disturbing to us is that we uh, experts are telling us that uh, Russian state actors broke into the DNC, stole these emails, and uh, other experts are now saying that they are the Russians are releasing these emails for the purpose of actually helping Donald Trump. I don't think it's coincidental that these emails were released uh, on the eve of our convention. Wow. Isn't that yeah. crazy? Wow. Echoing the whole WikiLeaks Russian link yeah. in conjunction with Donald Trump. And amazingly, Joey says, I don't think it's a coincidence. I don't think, Robbie, it's a coincidence either no. that in late July, as you're feeding this information to the FBI and others through your campaign's political oppo research operation, you happen to go on CNN and echo the words of the dossier or the sentiments of it almost exactly. But Joe, it was a Russian disinformation right. campaign, right. not a Hillary op. No. Crazy how yeah. Hillary's people seem to be getting the same Russian disinformation at the same time. Isn't that weird? I thought Trump was colluding with the Russians. So let's just throw that baby and bury that sucker right now. Let's throw the, the baby and the bathwater out at the same there time. Go. There are no Russian disinformation. It's fake. It was always fake. Sir. They were not duped by the Russians. This was a political operation. My gosh, stop the nonsense. Let's move on. The great Devin Nunes made an appearance on Fox this weekend. Did you catch it? If you didn't, you missed a, an absolute gem. Joe, do you have the Nunes translator? Initiating Nunes translator, Dan. There you go. <laughs> Good night. I am going to translate for you what I think Devin Nunes is saying in this cut. Because this gem from Fox and Friends this weekend... He just blows the doors off something I've thought for a very long time. And we'll see. He has two talking about. I want you to pay attention to he mentions three Russians in the beginning of this clip. And then he mentions a period in 2016 when the CIA gave stuff to the FBI. Hmm. Listen to this cut. And I will do my Nunes translation on the other side of it. Check this out. You have the three dossiers that have to be investigated. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm also interested in three Russians that are actually Russian Americans uh, that we need that we're looking into. Uh, and then I would say, finally, in 2016, we know from uh, great work that Trey Gowdy did at the time in questioning that the CIA gave information over to the FBI in 2016. We now are laser focused on that. We need to know exactly what did the CIA hmm. give to the FBI in 2016? That's what our investigation is now focusing on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. The gems in that one. Remember that cartoon gem? She's truly outrageous. Remember that? <laughs> I, every single cartoon I ever I had on in my house because yeah. we had like three generations of kids in there all the time. Well, maybe not generations. That's probably a gross exaggeration. But what the gems in there? So gem number one, and I'm guessing what he's saying here, but when I say guessing, guessing based on a lot of homework I've done on this case in the past here, yeah. 
in conjunction with info from 279 and others. So he's very concerned about three Russians. I'm going to throw this out there. Uh, Is it possible, again, that as I've said to you from the start, that everyone knew the steel information was fake, including Robbie Mook and others who were promoting it in July of 2016. Steel information is fake. It's a lie. The dossier is a lie. It's a hoax, folks. It's a total hoax. It's not Russian disinformation. It's slivers of it, maybe. But the allegations in there, the PP tape, it's all made up. It's garbage. It was always made up. Is it possible, just possible, I'm going to leave this here, that it's fake intelligence. Yes, that's not possible. That's true. But is it possible it's fake intelligence attributed to real Russians? Who are these three Russians? And if it is fake intel made to look real by being attributed to Russians, then where did they get the names of the Russians? How would you know? Audience referee Armacost. Yes, you kind of pick up what I'm putting down here. I got to be careful yeah. here, folks. Yes, I do, Dan. Yeah. Because I don't want to make too many leaps. No, you're good. But if you wanted to make information that was a lie yeah. look real. That's right. By attributing it to real Russians who didn't say it. Not their info. Then how would you know what real Russians to attribute the information to to make it look real? Who would know that? Real Russian sources. Oh. I'm just going to leave that one right there. Who would have a library of legitimate Russian intel sources that they could pin fake information on? Oh. Yeah. Chew on that one for a few minutes. Nunes is not an idiot, okay? Despite all of the Democrats. The, Dem- the Democrats are terrified of Nunes because I think Nunes has a d- pretty decent grasp of the scope of this scandal. But he said something else moving on. I'm not going to make too many leaps here. He said something else in that, too. He said, you know, in 2016, the CIA gave some information to the FBI that me and Gowdy were looking into. I'm talking for Nunes, not me and Gowdy, but Nunes and Gowdy. And we find it really interesting. We want to find out exactly what they were saying. It kind of sounds like something you've been hearing on this show for the last year and a half, doesn't it not? Ladies and gentlemen, I've said to you from the start, the FBI is complicit in this. They have, they have no quarter for them whatsoever. They know the case is fake at the absolute latest by January of 2017. They know the case is fake probably by the summer of 2016. But January of 2017, excuse me, they absolutely know it's fake because they're talking to steel sources who are saying, I don't know what you're talking about. But I do believe that John Brennan's the puppet master here. That John Brennan is working a series of intelligence back channels. That's important. I'm going to get to that in a second. That's next. He's working a series of intelligence back channels, not formal channels. Why? Because if John Brennan goes through formal established intelligence channels, everybody reading the PP tape stuff through these former ch- is going to laugh, Joe, and mm-hmm. say, this is the dumbest garbage I've ever heard. This guy steals an idiot. So Brennan has to wash this information through back channels to make sure it doesn't go through formal channels. So the stupid information from fake sources pinned to real Russians will sound real. And back channels and political back channels and the media are the only way to do that because formal channels will make this look as dumb as it really is. So I believe in the summer of 2016, what Nunes is referring to, the CIA is feeding information to the FBI, maybe pinning it to people that it's not really from, pretending it's really real. But they're feeding information to the FBI through politicians. In other words, Brennan giving it to Harry Reid and others who are then giving Mm -hmm. it to the FBI to make them believe they have a serious case. The problem is, Joe, as I've said to you from the start, there is no serious case. Everybody's getting the information from one 
place. That is the steel reporting, and it is all a lie. Right, Let's go right. back for time number 65,222, Lisa Page's testimony to Mark Meadows, who, where Lisa Page, the FBI lawyer, is confused when Meadows asks her precisely if she thinks the FBI is getting the information from the CIA, and it's the same info. She says, Lisa Page to Meadows, I do know that. I know the information found its way to a lot of different places in October of 2016. But if the CIA, as early as August, had those same reports, she's talking about Steele's reports, folks. Mm -hmm. She says, I'm not aware of that, nor do I believe they provided them to us. That would be unusual. This is the one rare moment of honesty you are getting from Lisa Page here, ladies and gentlemen. I do not think she is lying. She is confused because she believes the information coming to them from politicians, from John Brennan, is from a different source, when in fact it is all from the same source. That is Christopher Steele. It's a lie. It is a lie. <laughs> if you're watching it, you get the joke. Like, you can come back to me now watching on YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash Bongino. You'll pick it up. Don't cut that out. <laughs> That's my cue. That means back to me. Oh. It's a lie. <laughs> it's a lie. The, the Steele dossier is a lie. It's making its way to all of these places and back to the FBI. They think it's multiple people telling the same story. Joe robbed the bank. Joe robbed the Joe must have robbed the bank. 20 people saying it. No, but only one person saying it. The guy who doesn't like Joe right. and it's all made up. Now, showing you again how this whole story is falling apart now for them. I want to get to next. This is all a myth. This whole thing is a farce. It's, it's a nonsense story started by Steele and their little cabal of idiots, their hacklet people and others over in the UK. They started this whole thing. The whole thing is nonsense. I want to get to that in a second. I want to get to my final read because I want to roll through this because it's important. We have great sponsors and I appreciate their time. Ladies and gentlemen, today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Duke Canada. I have a bunch of their stuff here, which I use every day. Working man's face wash, you can't beat that. We got the cologne that came in handy this weekend for date night. We have their Oak Bower cologne, Duquesne. Look at that. You got a big chunk out of it. This is solid cologne, which I love. And you have their new body wash, thick, thick body wash. Hi, this guy. Look at that stuff. Smells like productivity. Sure does. Try it. Listen, you got to wash yourself anyway. You might as well smell like manhood and success, right? Thin is in. But what about a thin steak or a thin wallet or thinning hair? No good. No dice. The answer to these rhetorical questions is nothing. So why then is every brand of men's body wash so weak and watered down and pathetic, frankly? Well, any argument for using this crap is thin. Enter thick. Here it is. I love this stuff. I have two of these. I have another one in the shower. I took this one out. This is great. It's a new product from Duke Cannon Supply Company. Thick earns its name for being three times thicker than common body washes. You put it on, you got to like really squeeze it because the stuff comes out pretty thick. It's the high viscosity alternative to watching your money run down the drain. Thick comes in a big ass container like this. Check this out. That will crack open like a brewski. And it comes in four distinctly masculine scents that won't leave you smelling like a teenage boy band. Thin is out. Thick is in. We hope you enjoy opening up our American made products. We find that they are as functional as they are fun. Got to wash yourself anyway. Smell like manhood now. I love this stuff. Handy. Came in handy this weekend. We had a, I'll leave that for now. Do Cannon. Thick, high viscosity body wash. $9 each or all four for $30. Lasts a long time too. Because it's thick. You don't need that much of it. A modern and clean citrus profile. Balanced. That's their accomplishment smell. Balanced with sandalwood and oak moss. They have naval supremacy. A refreshing ocean scent with notes of fresh water, musk, and bergamot, old glory, a rich, sophisticated, and classically masculine scent that blends notes of tobacco, cedarwood, and amber. I probably said one of those wrong. Productivity and invigorating and uplifting combination of peppermint, pine, and eucalyptus scents. You've had enough of the thin gruel that's your current crappy body wash? Thick is made with plant-based thickeners for superior lather. You're not going to need that gross loofah anymore. And as an added bonus... When you, uh, when you have the 17 and a half ounce bottle of thick, you're going to get a light arm workout. Visit DukeCannon.com. Use promo code Bongino for 15% off your entire order. Free shipping with orders over $35. A range of Duke Cannon's men's premium products are also available at your local Target. Go to Duke, DukeCannon.com, DukeCannon.com. Use promo code Bongino for 15% off. Looks like a beverage. It's not. <laughs> 
don't drink it. Okay. So getting back to this, how this thing has been a fake the whole time. They ran this fake through multiple channels and are trying to pull a head fake on you about the origin story. We see another bombshell that came out this week and weekend coincidentally. So we had Nunes' information, big shocker. We have uh, all these dossier declassifications and IG report declassifications coming out. Big shocker. But we also have this, uh, I'll get to it in a second, a gem by the Sydney Morning Herald. But before we get to that, I want to debunk one other myth. Now we're starting to figure this out too. I want you to look at this IG report, page 367, because one of the things they'll be, when all of this is starting to come out now, one of the leftist narratives along with, oh, shucks, it was Russian disinformation. We got fooled. We'll do better in the future. One of the other silly medium narratives not backed up by any evidence or fact, Joe, is that they weren't spying on the Trump campaign. They were spying on Carter Page. And Carter Page had already left the Trump campaign mm. when we got the FISA. Part? That part is accurate. Mm -hmm. When they get the FISA in October on Carter Page to spy on him, who was a member of the Trump campaign, he had already left the Trump campaign. Mm -hmm. But see, the media doesn't do any homework for you, but we do here. Hat tip undercover Hubert, the great undercover Huber on Twitter. That's his highlight there. Oh, look at this in the IG report, Joe. We also believe that as the case, they're talking about the Carter Page case, proceeded, and the FBI gathered substantial evidence of Page's past electronic communications. How's that, Joseph? Hmm. How is that? Past communications? Yes. You mean when he was... On the team? <laughs> I thought we were told they weren't spying on the Trump campaign. Of course, the media are idiots and aren't going to tell you the truth. But there it is, smack dab in the IG report, that the FBI was looking at Carter Page's past, past. You know, like the opposite of future, past, P-A-S-T. Can you spell not past, past, P-A-S-T, communications when he was on the Trump. I thought you said that didn't happen. Because you're numbskulls. And you don't read. Or you do read and you just ignore it. So we can throw that talking point out there too. But here's another fascinating little bombshell that came out this week. And perfect timing for this one. The Sydney Morning Herald. Gosh, what was the story we were always told, Joe? This case started because this Australian diplomat spoke yeah. with Papadopoulos. Downer. A foreign policy mm -hmm. advisor on the Trump team. And Papadopoulos told this Australian downer. Yeah. Hey, the Russians have stuff that could be damaging to Hillary. The FBI says, that's why we started this whole thing. Really? And they said, Joe, what was Downer's? Here's the article, by the way. It just mm -hmm. came out this weekend. Sydney Morning Herald. Downer raised Russian concerns at U.S. Embassy without government approval. Shocking. There's two takeaways from this. What did I tell you about before? Brennan used a back channel, unofficial intelligence channels, to shuttle this information to politicians, to get it to the FBI, to spy on Trump. Because if he put it to official channels, Brennan and his team would have been laughed at about the PP tape and the other stupid allegations in the dossier on Trump, which are all lies and made up. So they had to use a back channel. Now we find out Downer had to use a back channel. He didn't even have government approval to pass this information on to U.S. counterparts, but hey, I had this meeting with this guy, Papadopoulos. He said this thing, which Papadopoulos disputes, about the Russians having this information. My gosh, golly. But that's it's not the story they told originally, Joe. Let's go to the mm -hmm. Sydney Morning Herald first. Here's the new, 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 new story. So this is Malcolm Turnbull, the uh, obviously political leader in Australia before this. Trump was endorsed as the Republican candidate on July 19th. There's that July period, Joe. Yep. July 2016, the same time Robbie Mook is on TV, CNN. Trump was endorsed on July 19th, and that prompted Alexander to call on the U.S. Charge des Affairs, standing in for the ambassador, and tell him about the Papadopoulos discussion. Wait, wait, there's another gem in this. He had no authority from Canberra to do this. And the first we heard of it in Australia was when the FBI turned up in London and wanted to interview Downer. <laughs> what? What? This reminds me of the Amazing Spider-Man movie with Peter Parker with the charcoal over his face and his aunt asked him, what were you doing? He says, I was cleaning the chimney. She says, we don't have a chimney. He goes, what? <laughs> Wait, what? So just to be clear on this, the FBI story, man, we had to open up a criminal investigation into Trump. Yeah, or CI investigation at the Trump and his team. 
because we got this official tip in July from Downer. It wasn't even official. He had to go through the back channel. And Downer's original story was, and the, the original story around Downer Joe was he did it because WikiLeaks released those emails and Downer was so disturbed by the DNC oh, leak or the, yeah. or the WikiLeaks leak of the DNC emails. He felt that this could have had something to do with Papadopoulos. But that, can you put that up again? That's not mm. what the news story is, Joe. Where is WikiLeaks in that again? Can you put that up again? Let's go to that first sentence. Why Downer? So Trump was endorsed as the Republican candidate and that's what prompted Downer mm. to call the U.S. charge in a back channel? That's not the story, Joe. No. They told us. No, it's not. That's not the story. The story was Downer saw the WikiLeaks leak, and that's why he did it. Now we find out Downer did it because Trump was the nominee? Sounds like a political motivation to me. Sure does. You may say, was that really the original story, the WikiLeaks thing? Don't take it from me. Let's go to Canberra. Let's go to Australia's own newspapers. Here's the Canberra Times. This is from December of 2019. Pete Mitchell. Pete Mitchell. What is he, Top Gun? Uh, get the joke is it maverick <laughs> downer russia tip sparked fbi trump probe the canberra times let's look at the reason back then don't let this confuse i'm gonna explain all this for you all right don't let all this stuff confuse you here's the canberra times for 2018 remember downer was so concerned about the wikileaks leak joe that's why they went to the fbi through the charge mm -hmm. now they're saying no nothing to do with this because trump was the nominee but this is what they said back then they say the Horowitz report details how Mr. Downer sat on the information until July 26, four days after WikiLeaks publicly released hacked emails from the DNC. Oh, that was your own story. Sheesh, that's awfully convenient. WikiLeaks, yeah, yeah, we can say that. We'll say the WikiLeaks, that's why we did it. That's not what they're saying now. This just came out, that Sydney Morning Herald piece. So again, Let's just thoroughly annihilate now all coming out, declassifications, the Sydney Morning Herald piece, a couple of myths. Number one, this was not a Russian disinformation campaign with Trump. This was a Hillary political operation to hijack the FBI in conjunction with the Obama administration planned as early as the summer of 2016. We already have the evidence and put out there by Robbie Mook and others to spy on the Trump campaign for political reasons. Number two, why, were no official, why was no official intelligence used to start this campaign? Spying campaign of the Trump team. Mm -hmm. Because it was all garbage. And right. if they didn't run it through back channels, the Australians and others who didn't even use their own official channels, we now know it would have been debunked immediately as garbage and they would have never gotten the FISA warrant. Number three, why is Devin Nunes and others concerned about three Russians and information in 2016 the CIA gave to the FBI? Because it was always a lie pinned on real Russians to make it look real. And when the information was passed from the CIA to Harry Reid and politicians and others to give to the FBI was the CIA lying about where they got this information from the whole time, which is clearly the Downer, Steele, Halper, Simpson, Cabal. And it is all a lie. I'm not done. Today was a two-pager on the show. I'm not done. You're going to need a shower with this. <laughs> This didn't even pay for it. You're going to need to shower yourself with this stuff when you're done with the show because you're going to feel dirty. You don't want to smell like Spygate. Smell like manhood. Ooh. So now that we've shredded the myth that this was a serious case, it wasn't based on a lie. Shredded the myth that Hillary's team, oh, they didn't know what was going on. They were on tape. Shredded the myth that any of this was real. I want to get to the the coup de gras here. I want a hat tip 279 here, sincerely, for some great work. And undercover Huber. I had to put a couple of information streams together. But I need you to pay very close attention to this. And I'm going to put the headline up front. The FBI knows this is fake. The CIA knows this is all a lie. It's a spying operation, political in nature only. But was the FBI knowingly using what they thought at the time was Russian disinformation 
to collude with the Hillary team to claim Trump was using Russian information. I tried to explain this to Paula this morning, and I hope I'm getting a, mm-hmm. the the whole story from the start has been Trump colluded with the Russians. Was the FBI knowingly colluding with what they thought a Russian colluder to spy on Trump? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh boy, is this going to get interesting? Let me lay this out for you what I mean by that. The mysterious case of Sergey Milian continues. Sergey Milian is an alleged source of steals. Whether he was source E, it's always confused that they talk to Milian or not. It's, it's, I'm going to put out some of the information on both sides. This Milian, of course, denies a lot of this, to be fair to him. I'm just telling you, there's no question that the dossier, some of the information is attributed to Milian. Whether anyone ever spoke to Milian is an open question. But what did the FBI know about Milian when they're claiming to use Milian's information to spy on Trump? That's where this gets really hairy. Let's lay it out. Let's make the case for you. Here's section two, page 10 of the FISA warrant, where they use this to spy on Donald Trump, of course. Check this out. And I want you to ask yourself, well, where did they get this from? This is the FBI's application to spy on the Trump team. You can see it right there. Again, undercover Huber, these are his highlights. As discussed below, Carter Page has established relationships with Russian government officials, including Russian intelligence officers. And has been identified by source reporting, Joe, as an intermediary with Russian leadership in a, quote, well-developed conspiracy of cooperation to influence the 2016 U.S. presidential election. Where did they get that? Hmm. So the FBI is alleging in their warrant, which they're basing the warrant to spy on the Trump team, on the dossier on, quote, a well-developed conspiracy. Where did they get that language? Ladies and gentlemen, it was literally cut and pasted from the dossier. Here's the evidence right in front of you. Look at this. This is literally Steele's dossier. Source E, believed to be Sergey Milian by many, an ethnic Russian close associate of Republican U.S. presidential candidate Donald Trump, admitted there was, quote, a well-developed conspiracy of cooperation between them and the Russian leadership using Carter Page as an intermediary. Ladies and gentlemen, the FBI literally, you know I hate that word, it's the most overused word in the English language, cut and pasted the language of the dossier into a warrant to spy on Donald Trump, a dossier that is fake. It is totally fake, BS, false, made-up, fabricated information. Why does this matter? Because they've got a huge issue right now, ladies and gentlemen. They submitted that FISA on October 21st of 2016. But now, what came out in these past couple weeks, past couple days? Ladies and gentlemen, they had an active counterintelligence investigation. They opened on October, between October 3rd and October 12th on Sergey Milian, too. The alleged source of that information in the dossier. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, what the? So let's just be clear here what I'm telling you. Yeah. They cut and paste. Information Steele says he got from Million or his sources got from Million in the dossier that conspiracy talk. They cut and paste it into a warrant to spy on a presidential candidate. The same language they attribute to Million while just a few weeks before it's alleged that Million's the subject of an active counterintelligence investigation by the FBI for his contact with Russians. Wait. Uh, what come did they did anyone inform the judge of that by the way judge the guy we're investigating for being a possible russian colluder some russian spy in the country million their allegations not mine the guy we're investigating yeah we're using his information to spy on a presidential candidate Jeez. 
Now you may say, well, this can't possibly get worse. You're using information <laughs> from a guy you believe is a Russian intermediary to spy on a presidential candidate. <laughs> this can't get it's worse. right there. Yeah. You cut and pasted it. You cut and pasted it. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to get worse, I ladies and gentlemen, because <laughs> yeah. as Stephen McIntyre says, there's a question if Steele sources, who remember, Joe, the information they cut and paste, they said they're getting familiar. Right, right, right. People who, source C, who people believe in Milley. There's a question here. Did these sources ever talk to Milian at all? Oh. Let's go back to the IG report. Hat tip Stephen McIntyre. The primary subsource, in other words, the guy who says, hey, I got this information from Milian, says he received a call, Joe. This is directly from the IG report from an individual he believed was the subsource, okay. but was not certain of the person's identity, and the person never identified himself during the call. Oh, Jeez. What? So, I, folks, I'm so, I, I, I know this is a bit complicated. Please don't lose. FBI spies on a presidential candidate using information from a guy they have an open investigation on for colluding with Russians, an open investigation. They cut and paste his information from a dossier into a FISA warrant while simultaneously they're unsure the information ever came from him at all. <laughs> what am I? Oh. Now, for the coup de gras on top of the coup de gras, which makes the coup de gras term meaningless. A coup, coup de gras. You can't have a coup de gras on top of a coup de gras. There's no penultimate coup de gras. No. Or else it's not a coup de gras. But this is the real coup de gras. Did the FBI have a FISA warrant on Sergey Milian the whole time? Whoa! Oh! No! So we know they had a counterintelligence investigation open on Milian as they're using Milian's information to spy on Trump while claiming to the IG they don't even know it came from Milian. <laughs> but why then would they use Milian's information if they're not sure Milian is even the guy on the call giving them the information? Were they spying on Milian the whole time? Was there a FISA on Milian too? Oh, Let's produce a little evidence for you here, kids. So here's a text from Andrew McCabe on November uh, 17th and 18th. There's a text exchange here. I've shown this text exchange before, the deputy director of the FBI. This is one of his, excuse me, emails and text exchanges here. He says, I tried sending an email to Redacted, but it bounced back. Are you getting the emails? The deputy attorney general inquired about our plan. Regarding that FISA target, if he mobilizes, given the physical access he has, let me know if you get the email I forwarded from Tosh. <laughs> now, we've used this text before in the show about who is Charlie, because we don't know who Charlie is. That was a whole other show. Charlie's this mysterious person that's referenced in this. We need to get Charlie in the meeting with Trump. We've attributed that possibly to Charlie. But is that target McCabe is talking about that they're going to mobilize that FISA target? Is that FISA target Milian? Process this just for a moment. Does the FBI have an active warrant to spy on Milian? They're getting information about Milian through their warrant, not from Milian himself. In order to disguise the information, they're telling people to attribute information in the dossier to Milian, even though no one can, no one, no one's spoken to. They can't even attribute it to Milian. I showed you the screen cap. I had a call with a guy. We think it's Milian. How'd you know? I don't know. I guessed. Is the real reason they're spying on Trump is because they're listening in on Milian in the first place? And that's where they're getting a lot of this from? Can you imagine if they have an open FISA on a guy they believe to be working with the Russians, Milian? On this FISA, they're spying on Milian, Joe. 
They find out that there is no collusion. This is all a hoax. How would they know? They're listening to Milian. They get nothing. He's not talking about collusion. He's talking about whatever, bonfire parties. But because Milian has had some contact with Russians and they need to use him, someone gets wind and plants a little birdie in Steele's ear that, hey, just attribute this stuff to Milian. Don't worry about it. We know he has contact to Russians. Never figuring out it would get out there. The dossier, that is. Mm. Let me just throw one more out there. I know I went a little long today. Let me be putting in some extra content, folks. Doesn't this Natasha Bertrand, you know, fake media person who always gets leaks from the insiders to promote propaganda and Pravda-like conspiracy theories? Remember that, Natasha Bertrand? Oh, yeah. yeah. Does this article make sense now? In 2017, she put out, conveniently, Joe, a year after that text I just showed you for Andy McCabe, that, uh, that communication from McCabe mm-hmm. where he's talking about a FISA target he wants to mobilize. Is that target? Million? Million who has access to Trump, they believe? Kushner received emails from Sergey Million, alleged dossier source who was in touch with George Papadopoulos. Wow. Wouldn't that be convenient if a year later the FBI started to get worried that the person they were investigating for Russian disinformation with an open CI case, Milion, they used as a source to spy on a political candidate, and they may have had a FISA warn him, knowing it was all BS from the start, and still attributed information to him anyway? Maybe they got a little worried, one of these insiders, and had to leak to a friendly Natasha Bertrand, an activist at heart, that, well, let's dirty up Kushner because he was in contact with Milion. That way, when this comes out later, it'll look like we were really doing something. Devastating, absolutely devastating developments. There is now no question the FBI was investigating a source, Milian. They may have had a FISA on for Russian connections that they were then using to spy on a presidential candidate, despite the information attributed to him being all complete, utter garbage and being attributed to him with very little evidence he ever said it at all. Amazing. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. A complicated show today, but worth your time. YouTube.com slash Bongino. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're like, what, Paula, 15 subscribers away from 400,000? YouTube.com slash Bongino. We really appreciate your support of our YouTube channel. Thanks a lot. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but... Are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening wherever you listen.